This is the Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones of MrsChristyJones.com, episode number 62. In today's episode, I'm talking about my favorite marriage advice. It's not a long list, but it's quick, to the point, and makes a big difference. Up next on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. Welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Little-Jones. I'm a relationship coach, a marriage and family champion, and the chief cheerleader for women all over the world. The Wife Wisdom Podcast is a real conversation designed to help you cultivate the heart of a wife. If you are single and desire to be married, if you are newly married and want to thrive as a wife, or if you are a seasoned wife and just need a little encouragement staying a wife, you are in the right place. If you are new to our podcast, woohoo! Welcome to the family. I am thrilled that you are here. And if you are already a part of my tribe and you don't already know, I love and appreciate you. In today's episode, I'm talking about my favorite marriage advice. I'm really excited about this episode because it's going to be quick, it's going to be fun, and there are just going to be a few suggestions that I have found to make a really big difference. So number one is be the person that you want to marry. This is huge. So do you want to marry someone who's funny? Do you want to marry someone who's fun? who's smart, who's financially savvy, who's friendly, who's considerate, who is a servant, who is a leader. These things, these qualities that we look for in a mate, in a spouse, it is really important that you thrive to have these same qualities and that you really make intentional effort and deliberate, take deliberate action in literally becoming what it is that you desire to attract in a mate. Really important. Are you outgoing? Do you want someone who's outgoing? Do you want someone who is is very is a hard worker, who's ambitious, who is um, an achiever? Like who? What is it that you desire in a mate? and strive to be that. Really, really important. I realized in just some of the relationships that I was in that I was not attracting what it is that I desired. And when I shifted and changed my behavior, changed my mindset, changed my action, and and literally started to become the person that I wanted to attract, it worked like a charm. It was amazing. And I just think so many people don't like change. So many people don't want to do the work it takes to change, to become a what it is that they desire, right? It takes a lot of work to do that. And so when you want to attract someone who is financially savvy, but your finances are all jacked up, right? Someone who can take care of you financially. You've got to get your stuff together so that when, if you're attracting someone who is financially on the ball, who is, you know, really 
knowledgeable about finances and budgeting and literally practices this in their lives daily. And that is something and someone you want to attract, but you're not there yet. Spend the time, do the work in researching how to budget, take classes. There are a ton of financial coaches out there that can really teach you how to be better with your finances and watch what happens when you just even shift your energy, shift your focus, shift your mindset and focusing on those things that you desire, that you want to attract to you. You start noticing, wow, oh my goodness. It's amazing how this happens with anything and everything from being financially savvy to taking care of your health and exercising and taking care of your skin or making that a priority or not overspending or whatever it is. It's really pretty awesome. Number two, learn how to forgive and forget frequently. Now we are talking about my favorite little marriage advice. Be the person that you want to marry and learn how to to forgive and forget frequently. This is probably should have probably been number one because in relationship especially in marriage, it is critical, critical for you to learn how to forgive and forget frequently. Now, forgiveness is a decision. Nine times out of 10, you'll never feel like forgiving someone who hurt you, who offended you, who pissed you off, right? You're not going to, you know, feel like forgiving them. It just doesn't work like that. So forgiveness is a decision, Forgetting the offenses that have caused you to not want to forgive, it takes practice and a commitment to really focus on forgetting the offense. You have to practice forgetting the offense. So I know most of us have experienced this where we've been offended and we said, oh, I forgive you, but we are secretly harboring the the offense in our heart and we say that we're going to forgive but guess what we're now expecting the person that we gave forgiveness to to act differently or act according to our expectation of how they should act after us pseudo giving them forgiveness right Well, if I forgive you, then if I forgave you, then you should act like this. Well, that's not true forgiveness. Forgiveness is when you give the gift of forgiveness without any expectation in return. So you forgive someone for hurting you, for wronging you, betraying you, offending you, whatever it is, without any expectation attached to how they respond, how they behave, how they act. Right. That is true forgiveness. Now, secondarily, there is no, you have to learn how to forget, how to, to forget the offense. Now, most people say, oh, I'll forgive you, but I'll never forget what you did. Right. Okay. I understand. But you cannot hold the offense over the person's head, over the person's life. That's not forgetting the offense. That's not even truly forgiving. You've got to forget and without holding a space for that person to walk in the ditch again of the offense. So let me explain to you what that means. If someone offends you 
And let's say they they betray you by you tell them something and they betray you by sharing that with someone else. Okay, now you've forgiven them. Okay, I forgive you for sharing something that I told you in secrecy. I forgive you for telling for 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 saying that. Okay, now you forgive them without any expectation in return for how they're going to respond or how they're going to act. But now in the relationship, you have not forgotten what they've done because now your behavior towards them has changed completely and you will never tell them anything with secrecy again, right? Now, there, I, I totally understand that the whole, I guess, concept of first time, shame on me, second time you do it, Shame, shame. First time you do it, shame on you. Second time you do it, shame on me, right? Totally get that. Now, in marriage, how are you going to, you're going to be offended. I promise you, your spouse will offend you. How are you going to allow forgiveness, right? How are you going to forgive this, your spouse, and then still hold over their head the the offense of what they did without really forgetting and moving past it. You have to practice it. You have to practice continuing to, to be vulnerable, to be transparent, to be, to really press in to this discomfort or this uncomfortable place of really trusting again, trusting them with your word or trusting them with something that you're being vulnerable with or whatever it is, or trusting them after infidelity. You know, it's got to be practiced, but this is a critical, huge marriage advice for me. One of my top, 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 learn how to forgive and forget frequently. Holding grudges, having expectations after the forgiveness keeps you holding on to the offense. And it's so critical to learn how to forgive ASAP. Now, if you can learn this, this skill before you get married, it's going to make it marriage so much easier. If you're learning, like while you're in marriage, you're learning how to forgive in marriage, it makes it a little bit harder. And you'll have a lot of practice. (laughs) Trust me, you have a lot of practice forgiving in your marriage. Number three, ask for what you want and say what you mean. Ask for what you want and say what you mean. Nobody has time for games or trying to crack the code of what you are implying with your words. Be courageous enough to stand in what you mean. Stand in it. You know, one of the things that I have learned in marriage and just in relationships and as a relationship coach is that there are many women who try to imply versus being very clear about what it is that they want. They don't say what they mean. They try to hint around what they mean and expect our, we expect our mates to crack the code of what it is that we, we mean. But because we think so differently, our perspective is so differently, oftentimes our guys get it wrong. And then we're frustrated at them. But it, it's really on us because we have not 
asked for what we wanted and we have not really been clear about what we meant. It is, this is so, this is a huge, huge um, skill, I should say, but it really is a, a huge aha moment. If you can get this and grasp this, that if you can be very clear in your communication and in really expressing and communicating what you want and say what you mean clearly, it makes a huge difference in your relationship, in your marriage. When you can tell your husband, I need you to put a trash can or trash liner back in the trash can. I need you to do that because when you don't do it, it makes me feel like you think I'm your maid. It makes me feel like you don't respect me because you're automatically expect me to do it, right? Don't hint around it. Be very clear and communicate effectively what it is that you want and say what you mean because it really causes breakdown in communication when we as women are upset, we're angry, we're frustrated, and we don't have, we don't like confrontation and we don't have the courage to really communicate what it is that we want. And we don't necessarily know how to communicate maybe what we mean. But if you don't know how to communicate what you mean, at least try. Don't try to make them guess. Don't try to have them figure it out because 99% of the time they're going to get it wrong. And then we get frustrated and angry and then it causes more division, more dissension in the relationship as opposed to, hey, something's really bothering me. I don't know how to communicate it with you or to you because I'm, I'm a little scared because I'm afraid that you're going to pull your love away if I tell you how I really feel. Um, but I think it's important for me to tell you because it's been bothering me for six days. Right. So even opening up the conversation with truth, with really what you feel, what you want and what you mean is going to open the door to, oh, wow, it's been bothering you for six days and you're just talking to me about it now. Oh, man, babe, I'm sorry. I don't. Why are you scared to talk to me? Why are you scared to tell me? Right. So now it opens up the door for deeper conversation and you know, it's, I think we as women too, we assume that men think like we do and they don't. We assume and we get a little confused because we can speak in code to our girlfriends. We can literally even text in code to our girlfriends and they know when to respond like, hey, is everything okay? Are you sure we're okay? They know when to say that. They know how to respond that way. But then if we are a little off with our with our guys, they don't necessarily ask, is everything okay? <laughs> they don't necessarily say, you know, hey, do we need to talk? Is everything okay? Some do. And they're really emotionally, spiritually mature. We love them, right? But some of our guys are still working on that. Some of them are still learning how to really study us and understand when they need to ask, babe, do we need to talk? Is everything okay? Because they notice a change in our body language or our tone, or, you know, if we're a lot of women shut down, right? And they just, they don't say anything. And that body language shift needs to be the kind of like the alarm or the flag to men to say, babe, are you okay? Do we need to talk? 
what's going on, right? Because that's what it is that we want anyway. We want our guys to be connected to us emotionally enough to be able to say, hey, are we okay? But the key is if we can learn to say what we are really ask for what we want and say what we mean, even in those moments where we want to shut down, we don't want to talk about it, even to say that, you know what, I can't talk about it right now, because I'm so angry, I may say something that I regret, right? As opposed to, you know, having tight jaws, folding your arms, rocking your neck, and, and really pulling your love away from your man, because they may be totally clueless. But instead of making them clueless and kind of trying to figure out, well, what's wrong? Why did, what did I do this time? Right. Let them know, you know what, babe, I, you know, I have had a bad day or, you know, there's some things that have been bothering me. I'm not ready to talk about it yet, but as soon as I am, I promise you, I will talk to you. And um, they might say, well, what is it about? What is it about? Right. And you can say, well, it's about our finances or it's about which the way you talked to me last week has been bothering me ever since, but I'm still not, I'm still angry about it. And I have, I'm not ready to have a conversation. So give them something, right? One of the things that I think is just highly manipulative is when you say, well, you know, I'm really angry and I'm mad at you and I can't talk to you about it right now. And then you don't say anything else or you, you know, your, your spouse or your, your mate may say, Hey baby, is everything okay? Nope. Or is everything okay? Yes. But you got an attitude when you say it. Now, they, of course, they know that something's wrong, but it's highly manipulative for you not to even say, be honest in the conversation or in the relationship and say, yeah, you know what? There is something that's really bothering me, but I just can't talk about it right now because I'm still so upset about it. Okay, great. Well, at least you gave, you know, a, a sincere, genuine answer where manipulation was not involved. And that's really important. Number four, know your value and show your worth. Know your value and show your worth. Don't ever shrink from your light. If someone tries to dim your light, run away quickly. This is specifically for my ladies who are dating. Ladies who want to date. Don't shrink. Know your value. Show your worth. It's so important. Show your, know your value, know your worth, show your value. Same, same, right? But it's so critical for you to know your value because a man who comes into your life, especially if you are experiencing extreme loneliness, or just disappointment in life, like you never thought you'd be this age and still single, right? Um, there is a tendency to lower your worth and value just to have companionship. And this is, a, it, this is something that usually never ends up well. Because when you lower your value, you lower your worth, it's you are, you allow yourself to be treated below your worth, below your value. And so that's why really discovering your identity and who God's created you to be is so critical. Because when you know who you are, the, a man can come into your life and treat you beneath 
your worth or beneath your value. And you can literally have a conversation or you can take action and and not go down this very difficult path. But if you don't know your worth and your value and you get into a relationship that manipulates your worth and value and really causes you to shrink, it is, I've seen it way too many times. It is, um, it's heartbreaking, really. It's heartbreaking. And not only to for me to see as a coach, as a, a woman, a sister who loves you, but as it's heartbreaking for you, that usually ends up in heartbreak because you knew you deserved better. You knew you deserved better, but oh, he was so fine or he was a sweet talker or he was charming or he swept me off my feet or he came at a time when I was just feeling really low and he just was so fun and funny and I love spending time with him. But guess what? He made you dim your light. Anyone who makes you dim your light is nine times out of 10, very insecure. And two, you have, you need to run, leave early before the emotions get involved, before your heart gets attached, run away ASAP as fast as possible. Number five, marry someone who can grow into the fullness of who you were created to be. Marry someone who can grow into the fullness of who you were created to be. Now, I know many of us don't always see this in the moment because blinding love can really confuse us sometimes. But I want to give you an example. If if you're an entrepreneur and you love taking risks and you love trying new things and you like moving to new places, why would you marry someone who hates risks, who hates trying new things and has never even gone out of a 25 mile radius of where they've lived all their lives. Why would you do that? In the beginning, yep, your ways may be okay for them and exciting. And oh man, he takes risks and he's an entrepreneur and he does all of this traveling. But trust me, in the long run, your differences can cause, can really start building a, a wedge of resentment in your relationship. It's so important. That's why like-mindedness is critical. If, especially if you're wanting to grow together in the long run, because you want to be with somebody who can grow into the capacity of who you are. If you are, you see a vision for yourself right now, right? You're in your twenties or your thirties, forties, maybe even fifties, but you see a vision for yourself And you know that you were created for a purpose, for a reason, and God is really growing you into carrying out that purpose. You and you get married. Don't you want to be with somebody who can join you in that purpose and help really even to to fan the flame of that purpose on the inside of you so that you can grow together and fulfill the purpose together, right? You don't want to marry someone who is going to put a ceiling or a cap on that purpose. And so now you can't even carry out the purpose for which you were born because you married somebody who can't grow into the capacity of who you were created to be. And that unfortunately 
happens all too often. You hear it, the way it's expressed often is, oh, well, we just outgrew each other. We just, yeah, well, we were married 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, but we just outgrew each other. No, you didn't. You, you probably said yes when you knew in deep down you probably shouldn't have married him or married her, but you got married anyway because you were in love or you got married because, you know, your parents or pressure or you were older or whatever it is. But you, when you get married, you are not marrying for a temporary fix, right? Like a temporary, oh man, he's just so good in bed or whatever it is. You you don't marry for temporary fix. This is till death do you part, right? You should say you, when you get together, when you get married, this is in your mind, it should be forever until the day you die, whenever that is. And so you got to make sure that you want to be with somebody who's going to be there for the long haul, that they're going to grow with you. They're going to move with you. They're going to be flexible with you. They're going to offer grace with you. They're going to be malleable to what life, life's challenges may bring you. Don't, when you marry somebody where you already know, I don't know if they can go with me for the long haul, don't marry them. Do not marry them. And that it makes a huge difference. And then number six, don't tell him what to do. Make considerate (laughs) requests. Don't tell him what to do. Make considerate requests. Now, my husband is one of those men who hates to be told what to do. Now, I know that there are a lot of you who may have mates who are like, you're not my mother. Why are you telling me what to do? Like, I don't even, I don't get that. I don't understand why they think we want to be their mother, right? (laughs) Why do we, you know, why do they get upset? Because we tell them to do something out of love or consideration or, or because we are the family manager or whatever it is. But what I've learned is that instead of telling him what to do, make considerate requests. So here's some examples. Hey, babe, do you mind if I, you know, go out, you know, we just finished a movie with me and my girlfriends. Do you mind if we um, go out to eat afterwards? Considerate request. Hey, babe, are you okay if we change um, the budget line item this month for this to be um, that instead, Hey babe, do you mind? Hey, would you be okay if I, Hey babe, how would you feel if these are considerate requests as opposed to, Hey, I'm going to dinner with my friend. I'm going, I'm going to dinner with my girlfriends after the movie. Sounds very different, right? Um, I just changed the line item. Um, Hey, I just wanted to let you know that I changed the line item on our budget to reflect this. Very different, right? Hey, um, I need you to take the kids uh, to get some new sneakers or get some new tennis shoes from the store this weekend, right? That's telling them what to do as opposed to, hey, babe, would you be okay? Or do you mind taking the kids to get new sneakers this weekend? Very, very different. 
huge marriage advice thing for me and so many other of my clients is don't tell them what to do. Make considerate requests because with consideration becomes respect. And every man that I've met wants to feel respected. They want to feel and be respected by the by everyone, but in particular their wives. So in order to really convey respect or express respect, it really requires consideration. So instead of telling, make considerate requests. Do you mind? Are you okay if? Would you be okay if? How would you feel if? And see what happens. It makes a big difference in my relationship. It has totally changed the way me and my husband communicate because I didn't really even think that I was trying to tell him what to do, but it didn't matter because that's the way he took it, right? So if he took it as me telling him what to do, I had to change the way I communicated with him so that he would not feel that way anymore, right? Whereas some people are like, well, that's not my problem. That's his problem. Um, I, I, that's not how I'm meaning it. That's not how I mean it. That's how he's taking it. Yeah. Well, guess what? You're going to be in this, um, very tumultuous relationship in, until you really take ownership for making it more harmonious. Right. And so if you can take ownership for making the relationship harmonious by saying, Oh, okay. He takes offense to this, the way I talk to him, he thinks that I'm trying to tell him what to do. So what can I do to not make him feel like I'm telling him what to do? Hmm. Okay. You know what? I'm going to make a considerate request and ask him if he would mind or ask him if he's okay or ask him if he feels like, Hey babe, do you feel like taking the kids to the, to the store um, or to the, to the mall this weekend to get them sneakers? No, babe, not at all. As opposed to, Hey, um, I need you to take the kids, it can come off very differently. And of course, it depends on your man, it depends on your mate and, you know, their, their perception of life, right? But for a lot of my ladies, this will make a big difference in um, not only feeling like your man is supporting you, but also not offending him in the process by really trying to get things done. We're family managers. We're trying to get things done. We can multitask very well. And so in our hurriedness of trying to get things done, we may end up telling versus making considerate (laughs) requests. So it takes practice to do that. And, you know, I've been with my husband 18 years and it's taken many, many, many of those years to not offend him or to learn how to not offend him, but to really ask, make considerate requests in asking him to do things versus telling him to do things. And man, we've gotten a lot more done just because I took ownership to change the way I ask him to do things for us, for our family, for me. Or, you know, whatever. Hey, babe, do you mind hanging this picture for me? As opposed to, hey, I need you to hang this picture for me. Big, 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 big difference. So those are just a few of my favorite marriage advice suggestions. And so I hope that you learned something new today and that you will uh, not only 
try it in your own relationship. And if you're not in a relationship, remember it for when you do get into relation into a relationship. So thank you again so much for joining. I'll see you again next week. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I really, really appreciate it. If you are not following us on Instagram at Wife Wisdom, I invite you to join our tribe over on social media on Instagram. If you have not rated our podcast on iTunes, please do so to rate and review us. That would be awesome in helping other women find our podcast. But most importantly, I just thank you so much for continuing to be consistent and listening to our podcast each and every week, sharing this with your sister circle and continuing to just share and and send me love and encouragement and support that this is blessing you, that it's encouraging you, that you truly are benefiting and feel like you're being served through this podcast. So thank you so much for being here. I love you so much with all my heart and I look forward to connecting with you next week. Bye-bye. The Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones was created to help you cultivate the heart of a wife by giving you practical tools, tips, and techniques to live happily ever after. Well, at least most of the time. (laughs) So until next week, keep learning, keep listening, and keep love first. Bye-bye.